Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dumb. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song. I don't know where it is, but. What's up, you guys? <laughs> Sean Ross Sapp. Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com. It is a busy week. We have NXT TakeOver Portland coverage this Sunday. Today we had the Triple H media call. Uh, we're going to have another one after that NXT show. But tonight, it's listing your boy. Jimmy, what are you doing? You know, Sean, Sean and I always play catch-up a little bit on this thing. So, like, before we yeah. go on the air, we, we play catch-up. So we're always, like, mid-sentence right when it's time to go live. Yeah. You know? But uh, things are good, man. I uh, I wanted to ask you first off, uh, apparently you went to a toy store and my <laughs> reputation precedes me? Yeah. Apparently? Here Here's the thing, like... We, we, we were discussing some stuff with them about a potential partnership or a sponsorship uh, tentatively, but I'll go ahead and put them over. It's uh, Toy HQ in Lexington. I took my Starcade chair, chair there and was able to orchestrate a trade. Did an impromptu Jack's Pacific Bone Cruncher Nation of Domination collection, Jimmy. And is, I know. Is the value on par for those two things? I, I traded, I did some like uh, store credit and ended up getting like some cash as well. Okay. Like, I was happy with it and traded a bobblehead as well. But when I was in there, I introduced myself and I was like, yeah, of course I saw the Ryder and Hawkins video. And I was like, my boss actually bought a couple prototypes off of Ryder. And he was like, he's the guy. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And I was like, I was like, yeah, he buys prototypes. He had actually bought one from a guy that was in a previous Ryder video. And he was like, yeah. he's that guy too. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, Jimmy, I just want to say I'm really glad that Fightful is so financially flourishing that it can fund all your hobbies that you got going on in that 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 office you're in right there. Like because Fightful these... does it. Fightful yes, funds it. Yes, it, it like it allows 
Vatura the opportunity to run around Toronto playing Pokemon Go or whatever it is she does. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I, I'm just really happy that I was able to make this happen for you. Oh, thanks. Thanks very much. I, uh, I know I would have been, you know, working at a coffee shop without you, Sean. Not that there's anything wrong with that. There's not. There that's wouldn't a, be anything wrong if you were a shitty barista. That's a fair and legitimate living. Uh, Britt Baker let Tony Giovanni know about that. You know, it's a fair and legitimate living. But, uh, no, I... I, you know what? I had this conversation with Ryder because when I cut the deal with Ryder, I knew I was overpaying, like in terms of what the perceived value is. I knew yeah. I was overpaying. And I, and I told him, I said, look, I know that I'm giving you way more than these are worth, but I don't care because I want them. Like one in particular yeah. was a bucket list one for me and said, sure. I want them. Ryder's response to me was, if you really want something, it's not an overpayment at all. And, yeah. uh, and I said, see, that, that's my mindset. If I really want it, that's, I'm willing to overpay. So wow! Now yeah. I just need now I just need you to want wrestling scoopsters. <laughs> uh, once we get to profitability, we'll talk, Sean. How's that? Hey, uh, we we gotta be getting near there at this point. We got some generous people these days. Yeah, we're not there yet because uh, I I you know keep donating our money, Sean. You know what I mean? The hell! So. By the way, guys, if you all want to donate, donate a super chat in our live chat, YouTube.com/slash/fightful. If you're listening live, any uh, amount gets your question or statement read on the air. But if you subscribe to FightfulSelect.com right now, you can still get your questions in for my Q and A show. Unlimited questions over there. Go ahead and subscribe. I keep uh, mentioning this, but eventually we, we've got some pretty bold plans for Fightful Select in the future. But uh, definitely, well worth checking out now. Uh, yeah, we got, we got lots going on. We got that Q and a show tomorrow. It's going to be like probably 150 questions. So go check that out guys. Yeah. And I have to do a Q and a too. I was going to do one Friday, but my week has oh. just been a shit show. So maybe next Friday, uh, next Friday, I'm, I'm, I'm in Lexington at the impact show. Oh, that's good. I'm glad that you're letting that impact, uh, impact my Q and a, how about maybe the week after maybe we'll do it then that could work. I don't believe in working Jimmy. <laughs> okay. So um, the Nightmare Collective, I got to tell you guys, when we were looking at, you know, maybe working with AEW and doing this haircut for charity and stuff, I was telling Sean, you better get this done because they might break this thing up. Yeah. So, you know, we better do it at the first opportunity. And uh, they apparently have effectively shut down the angle. Br uh, Brandy Rhodes has confirmed it. And all I want to do is I want to say good on uh, whoever oh. was responsible for pivoting. Good on Tony I Khan. Thought you were gonna pat yourself on the back there. I thought you were gonna say, "All I want to say is, I told you so." No, I knew it. <laughs> I mean, let's be let's be frank, Sean. When it comes to you, I'm right most of the time. So, uh... <laughs> but whoever decided to, whoever decided to pivot, I say good on them because we've seen in WWE time and time and time again something stupid, and they just continue. Because Vince McMahon is out of touch. I mean, that's just reality. So I say good on whoever it was that decided to pivot and recognized it wasn't working, whether it be Tony Khan or Brandy or whoever. Good on them. To me, that, that shows me a lot of optimism that they got their finger on the pulse of the business a little bit better. Yeah. The, so The angle just wasn't good. It wasn't and good. Here's, here's the thing. I can like all the people involved, and I'll tell you right now, Brandy was great to deal with. Melanie was great to deal with. Awesome Kong, Luther, all great to deal with. The angle wasn't good. When they brought in Awesome Kong, I thought to myself, oh boy. Yeah. 
people are asking for her and Aja Kong to have a match. And I'm like, guys, I can't be the only one that watched her 2016 impact run. Yeah. Now I realize, yeah, I was absolutely the only one because nobody was watching that damn show, but she couldn't work four years ago, much no. less now. Yeah. And do I think there's value in awesome Kong? You damn right. I do. Because even though they say she's not a talker, you know what she is, Jimmy, she's an actress. And she's a really good actress. Didn't they just write and, her off because she's going back for another season of Glow? Last season, yeah, right? and she could, you know, there's a lot of people on that roster that could benefit from her tutelage. And there are, you know, quite frankly, Luther could probably help out in the experience department as well. I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure he's got some knowledge to lend. Melanie, I, I don't know what the deal is there. I hope they find something that plays to her strengths, but... It, I, I didn't like that Brandy went from this outstanding act, like... As a part of the Cody Rhodes act, Jesus, man, she mm. was so good. And I even thought her early CBO stuff was really good. I thought she handles press conferences really well. And even on commentary, I like her here and there. I have really enjoyed her therapy segments. I think those are, are really good. It's a good way to abandon what the Nightmare Collective is while yeah. still saying this did happen. Right. Right. Right, well, which is good because just because she came out to ringside last week with Cody, you can't just all of a sudden ignore all that stuff. Yeah, and so. that's that's what a lot of people are saying. Oh, wh why did she come out and help Cody? She's been in the Nightmare Collective. And I'm like, what? Is she supposed to like not be married to him while this right. angle's going on? And like, not care about what happens to him? Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it's... I had no issue with it. I, the thing, the funny thing is that people, that why people say that is, we're talking about an angle of MJF and Cody where Cody was a babyface the whole time and MJF was one of the biggest heels, but they were still friends. So why is it that far-fetched for two people that are married to still be intertwined there? We have uh, a couple questions on the Super Chat. Tim Travers says, told my dad to watch XFL every weekend because I'm not. <laughs> I, I like the XFL. It did well the first yeah. week, and, and we know it's going to go down from here because that's inevitable. So the question is going to be, how low is it going to go? And is uh, ABC and ESPN, uh, who's, yeah. the other, who's the other partner? Oh, uh, I think, I can't remember who the other one is. Okay. Uh, maybe, the, question, yeah. the question is going to be, are they going to be happy with whatever the bottom is? Yeah. So we'll see. Let's go ahead and get into one of our topics that I know you have on the docket because we have a super chat from Throwback who sent another $100 because he's the man. and says, with Simone Johnson going to NXT... This is future booking here, yep. but what do you guys think of a future program with Simone and Charlotte? Now, I do have a little bit of unique insight here, throwback. Um, I was told straight up, she's years away from being ready, flat out. I mean, they brought her in about as soon as they could, 18 years old. Mm -hmm. She's been there for a while before. On and off, yeah. Like, yeah, she's been training here and there. Uh, people like her there. She's very open. She doesn't act above anybody. She is very well received there, and mm -hmm. quite honestly— even if she wasn't, what are people going to say? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I I got a few things on this. So so first off, let's show the announcement that WWE made uh, regarding Simone Johnson. This was uh, this past Monday, February 10. Uh, they posted this on social media. Do you have the Simone Johnson thing, Camillo? Simone Johnson, daughter of Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Danny Garcia, begins training at the WWE Performance Center. I got to be honest with you. I was surprised by that announcement because I thought she was going to go to college. Like that, that was, she is going to college. Yeah. She's still going to college. Yeah. So what, how do you, so is she, is she in school in Florida? 
Uh, I don't know, but she did mention in her uh, in her interview today that she was still going to go to college. I think for some sort of entertainment management. Which quite how are you going to do that when you're training full time? Jimmy, she's the Rock's daughter. She's going to be able to do whatever the hell. Well, she I'm wants. Just, look, I'm, I'm I mean I'm a dad now myself. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out the the the, the thinking. I want to say this about this announcement. I feel for this kid, Simone Johnson. I feel for this kid because she is under an enormous amount of pressure. Uh, And it's really not fair, to be frank. It's not fair that we live in such a celebrity-driven world now uh, where this girl signing with the Performance Center was national news. I saw it in in, uh, some Canadian uh, news publications. Oh, yeah. It's it's really, to me, it's shameful that this 18-year-old kid is under this much pressure. She's going to be under the microscope, this kid. Uh, and it's and it's going to be very difficult because when she starts, there's going to be such high expectations that yes. this girl is going to be next level. I saw Charlotte on backstage this week, uh, and she was asked about it because Charlotte is the best comparable. Uh, because when you look at some of the other second generation people, even Randy Orton and Cowboy Bob Orton had a pretty good career, but even Randy Orton, Bob Orton was not a Ric Flair. He was not a Rock. You know yeah. what I mean? And all the other second generation people. Their father was not at that elite, greatest of all time, you know, conversation level. And uh, Simone Johnson is going to be under massive pressure. Charlotte had a bit of an advantage in that she was an athlete already because I think she was a she was a, a top. Uh, volleyball prospect in college. She was an athlete already, and uh, I don't know so much Simone Johnson's background. I haven't heard about there being any athletics in her background. Massive pressure this kid's going to be under. I'm really rooting for her because uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Oh, it's going to be real tough. It real is. tough, and she's a long way away. Yeah. And here's the thing. like I don't know what her, her schedule or workload is going to be, but quite frankly, if she wants to show up there for a half an hour a week, they're going to yeah. embrace her with open arms. And Triple H said on the call. Oh, she didn't get in because she's the rock's daughter. She got in because of her passion. All due respect to Simone. She got in because of who her father was. And I got to tell you, I got to tell you triple H over the last like six months, he started to piss me off a little bit because I have always respected triple H. I respect that. He's a student of the game. I respect that. He's got his finger on the pulse of the business. I respect what he's done with NXT. He's getting that heavy WWE media training now. Yes, he is. And he's talking bullshit in interview after interview after interview, and it's insulting. There's no way that anybody in the universe is going to believe that this 18-year-old kid got front page, front page news, signed to the Performance Center because she's not The Rock's daughter and just because she's, oh, she loves the business and she's got a passion for it. That is such a load of bullshit. Yeah. And, and, and for Triple H to think that anybody's going to buy that for one second, it's insulting. Because if that were the case, there'd be a whole lot more 18-year-old signed. Yeah, and, it's so stupid. And and you saw on Raw on Monday, Drew McIntyre, when he was in the sketch with MVP, he got yeah. in there and he pointed at the WrestleMania sign, like, mockingly. And mm-hmm. I thought to myself, but that's weird. Triple H said they don't tell them to do that. So why is he making fun of yeah. it? You know what I mean? Hunter's, well, Hunter's saying a lot of this 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 WWE propaganda bullshit lately, and it's irritating. I expect it from Vince. And oh, I, expect, I, I expect it from Stephanie. I don't expect it from Triple H. I fully expect those Triple H media calls to end before long, like... Even though even though they go well, I fully yeah. expect them to because WWE does not want him to do those. Yeah, I mean, even though they create a ton of headlines, I'm sure they don't. To answer Throwback's question about a future program with Charlotte, well, yeah, if if they can get a decent in ring worker out of Simone Johnson, then that's a big feud. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. And here's something a lot of people don't realize: Charlotte Flair 
Simone Johnson, both pushing six feet tall. Yes. That's a face-off there. Like, do you know, do you, I don't know if you remember the old Instagram photo that Tamina posted of her and Nia Jax face-to-face, like it was Hogan on. Yes, yes, yes. This one, daughter of The Rock, daughter of the Ric Flair, face-to-face, face, face six feet tall each. That that is a little bit more worthy of that. And can you imagine like, if Brooke Hogan had decided to seriously pursue the business? Can you yeah. imagine oh, if we we would have had Charlotte Flair, Brooke Hogan, and Simone Johnson, Brooke Hogan? Man, that would have been like news around the world. That kind of stuff. Well, I'm glad she didn't because now I get to see Hulk Hogan significantly less. <laughs> so thank you, Brooke Hogan, uh-huh. for uh, making the wound <laughs> short and uh, significantly less painful. We have a couple more super chats. Uh, One Struggle TV says, just wanted to say holla, and y'all think that Zack Sabre Jr. can beat John Moxley for the IWGP US title? Sure. Yeah. I, I saw the so. I saw the attack. It's fine. Yeah, and I think so too. And yeah. Zack Sabre Jr., here's the thing. People that haven't seen him work will try to hit you with that bullshit, not believable stuff, till they see him work mm. and they see how polished he is. Zack Sabre Jr. and Daniel Bryan, to me, are in a class of their own. Uh, as far as being polished in the ring and being able to transition in and out of things. Uh, Charlie Wolf says, isn't Full Sail kind of tailor-made for the degree that uh, she's seeking? That could be a way to balance the two. Maybe. Uh, not nec- not, I don't know if, if it is or not. I, I know that they get a lot of producers and directors from Full Sail University. I thought, and I could be incorrect on this, I thought that I saw The Rock in an interview say she was going to NYU. I could have swore I remember him saying that. Uh, but I, yeah, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I uh, I want to ask you about the, the Triple H conference call since you mentioned it. I haven't listened to it yet. I haven't had a chance. But did anything of note come out of it? Because I do tend to find those interesting because he does answer questions. So Here and there, like he mentioned the Matt Riddle thing and Goldberg thing. What do you say? And let me tell you, there was I did speak to one person in the company that wasn't thrilled about it. Really? Um, yeah. He said what, what, that- what else did Brock Lesnar tell you? <laughs> yeah, Brock Lesnar came here. He's wearing his camo. It's <laughs> season. Uh, he says he didn't ask anybody about the Riddle-Lesnar thing, and if it was that big of a problem, then Vince would have told him. But uh, he said that Vince didn't express anything to him about it. So that doesn't mean that Vince is over the moon about Matt Riddle. Yeah. But it's, uh, he said that Vince didn't express his disapproval, and he said, this might surprise you, but Vince is not shy about letting me know that stuff. And he confirmed that there was a conversation between Riddle and Lesnar. He said, I don't know if they were working. I don't know if they were serious, but I don't care. It's what he said. He was like, and here's here's a quote that I liked. He said, Brock is of the mindset that if you're writing checks, you better be able to cash them. And then Triple H said, Matt writes checks that he can cash. And when I hear that, I think Triple H gets it. He understands. Now, this is completely my hunch. I believe that it, that Paul Heyman may have tried to orchestrate something here, mm-hmm. uh, just of my personal belief, maybe with or without the knowledge of Brock Lesnar. And that's, again, my hunch, not me reporting. But I think that he knows that Brock Lesnar will eventually see money in somebody that keeps calling him out. And maybe Brock didn't have an idea of what was going on. I'm, he's not on the internet. You know exactly. I mean? Yeah. But then when he's told, well, he's going to take that as a sign of disrespect or maybe respect. You never know because I'm not going to pretend they understand the motivations and mindset of a guy like Brock Lesnar. Mm. But that's the thing. A lot of people saying work, 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 shoot, shoot, shoot. Man, I don't, I, I don't know what it was, but if they're working 
if it's a if it's a masterful work, then they're working the people backstage, they're working the writing team, they're working the people at the PC. Mm-hmm. There's there's no shame in like not knowing what this gray area is because you're dealing with a lot of ingredients here that are very good at that and could pull that off pretty well. I mean, given that Brock likes to know about his programs ahead of time, uh, and I'm sure him and Heyman talk about that stuff on a regular basis, and given that Brock now has worked with every top guy in WWE, and in some cases multiple times, it wouldn't surprise me if Heyman has told them Riddle is a guy. Like he's, yeah. he's, he's like some fresh meat kind of thing that you could work a program with and Brock will work anybody. I mean, the guy's doing it for the money. That's a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. He'll work anybody. I don't think he gives, I honestly, I think him and Goldberg are different. Uh, yes. I think, I think that if Riddle is talking shit about Goldberg, Goldberg takes it personally because in Goldberg's mind, he's like the greatest ever. And I think that if Riddle talks shit about Lesnar, Lesnar laughs at it. He's like, okay, fine. I'll see you in the ring. I, I was on uh, the living the gimmick podcast this week with John Alba, who's, who's a good broadcaster out of Florida. And we were talking about this, and Goldberg seems like the kind of guy that would be like, sorry, my kid doesn't want to see me lose, or my kid doesn't want me to go heel, so I'm not doing it type of thing. Like the the new, that doesn't work for me, brother thing. I think that Goldberg believes that he can beat up Matt Riddle. <laughs> I think that he really thinks that he can. You know, one, and, of, the, one of the biggest criticisms of Bret Hart in the 90s was that he took himself too seriously. The $400,000 champion. Yeah, everybody said that about Bret Hart. They're like, the guy takes himself too seriously. I look at Goldberg in that light. Yeah, I do and too. And the, he could he could be real. I mean, he's already plenty useful to WWE. I don't, I don't want people to say that. But I'm talking like a, a real bastard version of Goldberg that's like, I don't give a shit if you like my matches. I don't give a shit if you like me. I don't give a shit about the new wrestlers. I don't give a shit about taking their time. Huh? he could get some real heat, positive and negative. That'd be a real polarizing type of thing because there are a lot of people that romanticize that era and want Goldberg and, and, and feel that same way. They don't give a shit about Matt Riddle. They give a shit about Goldberg. Mm. But there are a lot of new people that don't give a shit about Goldberg that give a shit about Riddle. Mm. And I just think there's there's good creative ways to use these legends, and I think they're starting to use them a little bit better, starting to. I just hope that continues. Well, let's talk about WWE's Q4 financials from last uh, Thursday. And I'm not going to go into detail because it's been almost a week. And if you go to Fightful.com, we have a full breakdown of everything. Uh, I just want to touch upon a couple of things. It went basically exactly as I expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, record revenues and down and every other key metric, basically what I thought was going to happen. They missed their target on the network subscriptions, even though their projections were already going to be down from Q3. They missed those lower projections. Uh, and they still have not signed new deals in India and MENA. So uh, everything everything was kind of par for the course. Explain, explain MENA to people that don't know. Uh, Middle East, North Africa. They refer, refer to that as MENA. Yeah. Now, uh, um, I want to talk about this network thing because I, I, I can see the future for WWE, Sean. I can see clearly now the rain is really? gone. Yeah. So... Um, it wasn't rain. That was a goddamn thunderstorm. <laughs> so when they first started talking about uh, race fees for pay-per-view, uh, my initial reaction, and I even posted this on Twitter, my initial reaction was, okay, they're going to keep them on the network, the pay-per-views, but they're also going to license them out to a third-party service. That was mm-hmm. my initial thought. Then more and more started coming out about, no, 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 no. They tested the beta free tier on the network because there's thought about selling the rights exclusively 
to a streaming service and then potentially making the network free and make it ad supported. So mm. all of this is kind of in the works right now. Um, it also makes sense to me why Barrios and Wilson were let go because they were integral in the creation of the network. They were integral in getting pay-per-views put on the network. And now they're going to completely pivot. And the network is basically going to be watered down if they do sell those pay-per-views. Just like Fight Pass, UFC Fight Pass has been watered down for the same reason. But we, don't, makes, we don't even have a company Fight Pass account anymore. It's, right. It's, there's no need to. Right. But it makes perfect sense because according to Vince McMahon, uh, they're looking to sell the rights to, quote, one of the majors. Vince likes to call them the majors. And uh, those majors are Amazon Prime, ESPN Plus, maybe DAZN. Uh, I think Peacock the, makes the, them. Yeah, those are the rumored ones. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just, yeah, yeah. I think Peacock makes the most sense because it's owned by NBC Universal. That's their longtime strategic partner. The only hurdle they have to get over is Peacock is not set to launch until April 15th. WrestleMania is 10 days earlier on April 5th. And so they're going to have to figure out, okay, do we just kind of let WrestleMania go? That can be the last hurrah on the network, and then we launch afterwards. And it's very, very viable that that's what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. But uh, it makes sense to me that they would do it. I mean, granted, subscriptions are going to fall off a cliff. Yeah. But it's expected that they could get 15 to $20 million a month in revenue by selling the pay-per-view rights. And uh, it makes sense to me that they would want to do that. It's also going to bring the prestige back because I feel like a lot of the shine has fallen off of WrestleMania because you can get it for $9.99 and you can get it for free as a new subscriber. Suddenly it doesn't feel like as big of a, uh, of a must-watch yeah. as it used to. Now, um, one other thing that we should talk about here is what impl- impl- yeah, implications <laughs> could this have on WWE's future? Yeah. In four years, they're going to be looking to re-up their rights fees for TV in the U.S. Because in four years, the USA deal is going to be coming due and the Fox deal is going to be coming due. And who really knows where the landscape is going to be then in terms of television? Who knows where things are going to be in terms of WWE popularity? I'm going to make a bold prediction, and that bold prediction is in four years when it comes time for them to start negotiating those rights and when they now have their pay-per-views on a streaming service, there's at least going to be talk about uh, selling WWE, about an acquisition of WWE to whoever has the streaming rights. So if NBC Universal has them for Peacock, I think there's at least going to be discussions of them acquiring WWE. Maybe if ESPN Plus gets the rights, I think there's the company least, as a whole. Yes, the company as a whole. Yeah. And the reason I think this is because it was either the Q3 call or the Q2 call, one or the other. Vince McMahon was asked straight up about the notion of selling WWE, and his response was, we're open for business. And so it makes sense to me that if you're a, 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 an owner of a streaming service and content is so sought after, in the long run, it's more, much more beneficial for you to own the content than to license the content. You have way more that you can do with it uh, and, and just much more freedom and much more leverage. So it makes sense to me that that could be what happens in four years when it comes time to negotiate those TV contracts. I think it might be in play sooner than that. I think uh, you might have some people, Amazon, Disney, NBC, Comcast interested and uh, I just think that would be an option. I, I ran a story on Fightful Select today about Vince McMahon being around significantly less. Jimmy, I know that when you were covering things full time, that wasn't the case. No. <laughs> like he was around all the time. Yeah, for everything. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Around for everything. Make sure you guys subscribe to Fightful Select. Uh, show some love to that story. But I think we could be seeing a major, major story emerge from all this. And uh, again, I think that 
bigger conversations could be had right now while people are talking about maybe acquiring those pay-per-view rights. I just think that things are going to get really competitive over the next year or so, and, and maybe it'll take until then to happen. But I, I would say that I would probably be surprised in five years, whenever the new TV deals are up, if by the end of that year, if it's still a McMahon-owned company, I'd be surprised. Yeah, it's very possible. And, and and again, it's very fascinating how WWE and UFC have been on this parallel trajectory going back years. Like, there's been comparisons between the two for so long, how similar of businesses they are. And now here we go where they might go, WWE might go down this path the UFC already went down, where yeah. UFC sold and Dana White, who was a minority uh, shareholder in UFC, was basically put in place as the, you know, the face, as he already was. But now he was yeah. put, put in as a face on a salary. Uh, yeah. I could see the same thing happening with Triple H. And he renewed, too, so he's really happy there. Oh, why so he wouldn't made, he? Why wouldn't he? He made, he made a ton of money, and yeah. now he's got this job, which is has significantly less responsibility than he was dealing with before. And it, it's working out well for him. Well, uh, things are working out well for a guy named Bad Luck Fale. He's going to be a part of the Bullet Club Beach Party in April in Tampa. Um we're going to hit you guys with a ticket link in the description in a little bit to uh, so you all can check that out. But I spoke to him in conjunction with that. Take a listen. I mentioned at the top of the interview that Matt Taven and Roosh were announced for the Bullet Club Beach Party as well. They are Ring of Honor stars, and for a while, it looked like that New Japan Ring of Honor relationship might have died down or maybe went away altogether. But we're seeing a lot of the stars kind of cross over again. Does that surprise you? Did you think that that relationship had reached its end, or is this just business as usual to you? No, no. Um, I think uh, that relationship will always be uh, will always be there. Uh, I think a lot of um, what's happened uh, is due to the two companies, the office side of things. Because as wrestlers, we all work together. Ring of Honor guys, we we all work work well together. So for them to be coming and being part of this uh, beach party makes it even bigger. Did you think that by now, or, or even at all, there would be a New Japan All Elite Wrestling relationship considering the ingredients involved? Or do you think that the departure of some of those people are maybe the reason it didn't happen? Uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff with the office. Uh, all I know is the relationships are uh, okay with all the wrestlers. I'm not sure what what the company between New Japan and All Elite um, that kind of dealings is going on. I'm not sure what's happening there. So um, maybe maybe that's the reason. But uh, I think at the same time, you know, the relationship between the, the office and the wrestlers might have been a little rocky. When when a situation like that unfolds, are you and the other guys in Bullet Club, whether it be uh, the guys who helped start it with you or the guys that are currently in it, are you all like, okay, how can we restock the cupboards and, and actively scouting guys? Do you already have people in mind, or is it a, okay, we'll see when we get there type of thing? Oh, it's, it's a combination of, of both. You know, like we already have guys in our minds of, you know, how, how to grow – because ultimately, it's all about the company, you know. And if if we see somebody who could help us as a bullet club, maybe in the future, of course, it'll help the company as well. But at the same time, if 
you know, the company brings somebody right, you know, without us uh, knowing about it or whatever. We 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 embrace that because that's us. You know, we work together with anybody. We work well with anybody. You put somebody you've never met before in front of us, we'll find you a spot. And I spoke to Lance Archer a while back, and he had told me that he had basically been on a per tour deal all all along. Are you locked down to New Japan, or do they have you on a, like a similar deal where they're like, okay, we'll we'll work tour to tour or whatever that may be? Um, this is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I have about uh, I have two years left on my contract, so okay. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I was on a five year, five years, so something unheard of in New Japan. So yeah, it is down to my last last two years. You guys can check out that full interview next week, or you can subscribe to Fightful Select. Tier two will have it probably. I think tomorrow I have it up, but he talks about a lot of stuff. He is very open about his contract as you all heard right there like i was i was like fishing jimmy i was like (laughs) and he's like two years brother signed a five-year deal and i was like all right cool awesome so i want to ask you about this rumor uh we're doing this on february 12th according to wrestle votes today and wrestle votes they they're on the mark a fair bit Uh, According to WrestleVotes, two names that are rumored to be part of this year's class of the WWE Hall of Fame are Jushin Thunder Liger and the Bella Twins, uh, Nikki and Brie. Have you heard anything about that? And again, WrestleVotes is usually on the market stuff that they report. Yeah, I mean, I met that. I've met the person behind it in person, actually in Toronto. But okay, uh, yeah, they're they're pretty accurate on their stuff. Um, I haven't. I mean, I heard their report. And I've asked, but I haven't been confirmed. They, nobody in the company will ever confirm Hall of Fame stuff to me. They they know better than that. But uh, that I think it's great. Jushin Thunder Liger, I love Jushin Thunder Liger. He was one of the earliest influences of high flying wrestling. Yep. Like to me, it he was deserves the rockers, it. The Rockers, Jushin Thunder Liger, and Two Cold Scorpio were the first of that style that I ever saw, and it got progressively more amazing. The Bella Twins, I'm completely fine with it. I mean, they. They have transcended pro wrestling even. I mean, I've got a ton of friends who know who the Bella Twins are but don't have any idea what this, what wrestling is or, or anything about WWE. I have people, like my friends in real life will ask me, do you think Nikki Bella and John are going to get back together? And I'm like, I don't know. Are you kidding know. me? No, I'm not at all. Uh, I mean, I will say this. I agree with you. I, I, am, I am not a fan of the Bellas. Uh, Bree seems cool. Uh, Nikki I can kind of do without. 
But yeah. uh, but I will say this, and you just kind of said this, they were the first kind of, you know, if you want to call them divas from that era, that were able to transcend into reality TV. Total Divas yes. became a legitimate property for WWE. And then they, you know, were able to springboard from that into Total Bellas. And it's gone on for I don't know how many seasons now on E! And they were the catalyst for that. So I think that alone, and yeah, you could talk about their in-ring career, whatever, but I think that that alone makes them worthy. And to be quite frank, and I don't want to disrespect the Hall of Fame because I know that it's very prestigious to a lot of the guys. When you put Drew Carey in, uh, in a celebrity wing, when all he did was one WrestleMania appearance, and it was a shitty appearance, and you put Coco Beware in, with all due respect to Coco Beware, he was a mid-card talent that danced with a parrot to the ring. When those guys go in, in then why shouldn't the, the, the Bella Twins be in? You know what Meanwhile, I'm saying? Meanwhile, Cindy Lauper ain't in. What the hell? Cindy Lauper's not in the Hall of Is Fame. Is she not in? I'm, they She's talked not about in the it. Damn Hall of Fame. It's so ridiculous. But really, yeah, Total Divas is in its ninth season. Bella's. Yeah. They just got re. Or they're. I think it starts in April. It'll be season five. But I, good for them. And Nikki got downright good in the ring. Nikki got really good. She in the definitely ring. transcended, transformed her body. Like she absolutely yeah. did that. And and I'll even admit, like my wife sometimes look at Brie, looks at uh, Brie Bella's recipes on YouTube because she has a lot of like healthy recipes okay. and stuff. So yeah. she she seems pretty cool. So uh, well, we, we have a them. sort of related super chat, I guess you could say. William Rab says, if John Cena wrestles at WrestleMania, who against Brian? I think that'd be an awesome. That would be a fantastic match. match. I'd love to see that matchup. Uh, and if Nikki would be cool because she's pregnant now and so is Brie, but if, if Nikki would be cool for maybe turning it into an angle, maybe being in uh, Brian's corner with, with something like God. that, that'd make it awesome, yeah, Sean. Know, it would be, it would be. And I think, I think John's cool enough that he'd be okay with it. I think yeah. that would be yeah, a fantastic matchup off when you walk in his door. And <laughs> like. No, I think that would be a good matchup. And I have a lot of respect for Brian, those running drop kicks in the corner. I freaking yeah. love that. I love, I love that. That. that might be the yeah. favorite thing of mine that Brian does. And so uh, I'd be cool with that matchup. Okay, let's talk about Goldberg. We talked about him earlier. Uh, they announced on SmackDown last week. And I got to tell you, Sean, I just had to kind of look at the screen and just kind of shake my head like this. You know, they yeah. announced that Goldberg's opponent, a super showdown, is going to be the Fiend. Of course it is because it's Vince McMahon. Of course it is. You got to put him in there with the Fiend. This is a lose-lose situation. Just like Hell in a Cell was a lose-lose situation. Just like Red Lighting was a lose-lose situation. This is a lose-lose situation. You have your special attraction, Bill Goldberg. We talked about earlier how he's a special attraction. People are still interested in watching him. You have The Fiend, who's supposed to be kind of this era's Undertaker, and now you're going to put him in the ring together in a lose-lose situation. If The Fiend wipes the floor with Goldberg, there goes your special attraction, Goldberg. If The Fiend works a competitive match with Goldberg, there goes more shine off your WWE champion or Universal champion, The Fiend. It is a lose-lose situation. It is absolutely a Vincent Man decision, uh, and it's awful. It's awful. You could have done Goldberg and Baron Corbin because nobody wants to see him in Roman again anyway. You could have done Goldberg and Baron Corbin. Corbin would have been more than happy. Uh, spear, jackhammer, pin. He would have been more than cool with it. The people in Saudi Arabia would have been cool with it. The people watching on the network would have been cool with it, but you had to go with that. Stupid. It's and what are you going to do? Have Goldberg win? Nope. You're going to have the match go long? Hope not. It's got to. It's got to be Mandible Claw. It's got to be Mandible Claw because I don't know if I yeah. see. Uh, I don't know if I see him doing Sister Abigail. Ah, 
Could you imagine yeah. that trash fire? Oh, I yeah. mean, he runs his head into a goddamn door. I all mean, the fair, time, so. fair. But no, I think it's got to be Mandible Claw. But uh, it's just such a stupid thing. And again, no disrespect to Vincent Manny, pioneer, all that kind of shit. He is 20 years out of touch with the business. He's 20 years out of touch. He should not be making matches. It's a lose lose situation. Yeah. You're going to hurt two of your special attraction talents. Stupid. I mean, that's all I got to say about it. It's stupid. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Now, one uh, of the one other thing about Super Showdown, uh, WWE announced on February 10 that they're going to be doing a special gauntlet match, and a couple of the participants in this are interesting. Camilo, do you have that screenshot? This was posted on their Twitter, and they also announced it on Raw. Uh, just announced for Super Showdown. They're calling it the To Wake Trophy Gauntlet Match, featuring those six uh, participants. Look at two of the people in that. Actually, look at three of the people in that, Sean. So Andrade is going to be back from suspension. AJ Styles is going to be back from injury. And Rusev, back from a supposed contract dispute. Have you heard anything about Rusev? Not a thing, and I've asked. But uh, no, uh, Andrade will be back. That's fine. He's free and clear. AJ Styles is the big surprise to me. Good for him. Good for him. And that's that's awesome. Um, I mean, there's... Conspicuous by his absence, Ray. I've heard there's there's smoke where there was fire from the Wrestle Votes tweet a couple weeks ago there, but nothing that I can explain. Nothing. I, I was told the situation is too complicated to even explain. Hmm. That, that's the direct quote that was given to me. But um, I like that. If you're going to do the multi-person match, that's fine. You don't have to bring every damn tag team over there. Save some people for SmackDown the next day in case some stuff happens. Yeah, and and I mean, you know, the possibilities are interesting because, like, you might see Rowan Andrade, which is interesting. Yeah, you know what I mean. You might like you might get to see some of these matches. Bobby Lashley, Rowan, you could potentially see that, and that's kind of different. Uh, yeah. The one thing about Rusev is you remember after the last show and uh, the plane was grounded for 24 hours and a lot of people on social media were asking about, are you going to go back? Are you going to go back? Rusev was like, you damn right, I'm going to go back because I make a lot of money. So I wonder if this is a one-off kind of separate from his contract, supposed contract issue, because he knows it's a big payday, and so he wants to go. Yeah. You know? Sure. Yeah, so. I mean, if you all want to make the money, uh, we're well past, I'm well past the point of lecture at this point. Uh, it's just there's not much more I can say that I haven't already about the idea of going over there. Yep. There are some people that don't want to go. There's a lot of people that will still go. But, I mean— <laughs> There are some of those people that were like never again too, yeah. that are, that are going to be on this show. Yep, yep, you're right. So WWE, uh, going back to the Saudi show one more time, WWE looks like they're hedging their bets this year, Sean. On because, what? well, the uh, Super Showdown is on Thursday, February 27. <sighs> yeah. SmackDown is live the next day, February 28. WWE, last night, February 11th on uh, WWE Backstage, they made this announcement. We have, I think, the Fox uh, WWE on Fox tweet. Do you have that, Camillo? Uh, no, it's the Cena one. Either way, Cena. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Breaking news. John Cena returns to WWE on the February 28th edition of Friday Night SmackDown. Are you telling me that it's a coincidence that he's returning on the show the day after the Saudi show? Uh, no. No, not at all. <laughs> that is absolutely intentional. WWE is absolutely hedging their bets in case, in case the uh, plane gets grounded again. I noticed on the earnings report, there was a little note about how Sa- the Saudi government was late. And paying mm-hmm. the bill, uh, as was speculated, as WWE kind of tried to deny. 
So yeah. uh, smart on them to have John Cena come back. And that, again, brings up the the whole WrestleMania thing for Cena. I think Brian's a great choice, and I hadn't really thought of Brian. I was thinking, ah, uh, they'll make it be Baron Corbin. You know what I mean? Well, hey, guess who won't be in Saudi Arabia? Daniel Bryan. Very Daniel true. Bryan. Very. Daniel Bryan you know what? Be... Given how this man is, maybe he would do an impromptu match with him and Cena right there on SmackDown. Shit, I wish. You never know. I'm surprised that Carmella Bailey isn't on that episode of SmackDown as well. Right, because they can. You're right. You're right. Plus, you give it a little time to build a damn story. These two have history. Like, why not load up that show and say, hey, we got two days of pretty badass big shows. We got Super Showdown. We got SmackDown. Put a tag title match on SmackDown too. make... Make it a special show like that. I think I wish they would do that instead of running Elimination Chamber like what a week later. Uh, yeah, I, good, good on them bringing John Cena back. I'm glad I missed the dude being around. I want to see him at WrestleMania. This is the longest we've ever been without seeing John Cena wrestle. It's been 13 months. Yep, it's true. And, you know, I've never been a John Cena fan, but I've always respected John Cena. I've, mm-hmm. I've respected him for the company man that he was to the point that he learned Mandarin to try to help WWE in the Chinese yeah. market. That guy, I have a lot of respect for him. Have you seen the video when he was in London at the coffee shop at the Nespresso store and that jackass was filming him? Have you seen that? Yes. Cena yes. handled that like a pro. If if nobody's ever seen that, uh, you can find it on YouTube. Some complete moron is filming himself intentionally with Cena behind him mm-hmm. uh, while Cena's just trying to pick out like coffee flavors at the Nespresso store. Cena handled it like a pro. He was like, you're welcome. You're welcome yeah. for filming with it, for filming me without permission. A lot of guys. Can you imagine, Sean, if that was Brock Lesnar looking at coffee pods at the Nespresso store? Can you imagine? The old dude would have been his coffee. He would have tossed soon. him out the plate glass window off the off the front door, probably. Yeah. So uh, Cena handled it like a pro. Now, you mentioned Elimination Chamber. We might as well talk about this now. The official Twitter account for the Wells Fargo Center posted this on February 11. Uh, no, I don't know if WWE was cool with this, but March right 8. Right hand, left hand, bro. Why can't they yeah. get this shit under control? March 8 at Wells Fargo Center, and then there's the names that they're that they're advertising. Uh, Roman Reigns, Bar- uh, Braun Strowman, Daniel Bryan, Shinsuke Nakamura, Baron Corbin, and Bobby Roode. The winner challenges for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania. Apparently, local advertising also uh, advertise that on TV along with the competitors. Uh, all I got to say is this, Sean, and I saw that there were some people complaining, why is Bobby Roode in it? Why is Bobby Roode in it? All I got to say is this. I don't want to harp on Vince McMahon because, you know, I just don't want to harp on him. But this is yet the latest example of being out of touch with your audience. Why? Why on earth, when everybody knows Roman Reigns is going to win, probably, and challenge the Fiend at WrestleMania, why on earth would you book that in Philadelphia and have Roman Reigns win? Are you that out of touch? It's kind of like, when remember when Becky Lynch uh, turned on Charlotte in Brooklyn, and everybody was like, oh, no, no, she didn't turn heel. She didn't turn heel. Yeah, she was supposed to turn heel. And Vincent Man didn't know the audience was going to shit on it. And Are you out of your mind putting Roman Reigns over in Philadelphia? How do you think he's going to be treated by the local fans? Uh, poorly. That? Poorly. And really I've got bad. An, I've got an infinite amount of problems with this match, Jimmy. Yes. One, one, why is Bobby Roode in it? Don't he? You don't need him. Yeah. Don't need him. Two, why is Braun in it? He's the Intercontinental Champion. We know he ain't going to win that. Just leave him out. Don't make him eat a pin. 
three, we got to do more Corbin and Reigns. Yeah. You, you, you already extended this to Super Showdown. Now you got another week and a half. Dumb. Yeah. What? Why can't you just tell the tell these places, hey, there will be a match, but we're not going to tell you who's in it. You can tweet that out. Do some goddamn qualifying matches. Make me give a shit about why these people are wrestling on SmackDown. Here's like number four or five. Why is Ali not in this match? You know, the guy who was supposed to be in the match last year. You want to talk about a ready-made story, Jimmy? Him? Going back in there? Also, you got a guy named Kofi Kingston who was the champion for most of last yeah. year. Yeah. Give me a reason why you wouldn't put him in it. Or the guy that just beat him. Do so- I'm so frustrated. Like you got, if you have to do an even balance of baby face and heels, if you just have to, Sheamus is right there. Maybe they don't want to pin him right out of the gate. That's probably he, what it is. I think. Yeah, but the Miz and John Morrison are there. Both of those, both of those have more credibility to me right now than than Bobby Roode. Miz does for sure, hundred percent. Yes, hundred percent. And and I mean, hey. John Morrison just stepped in and beat Kofi Kingston and Big E back-to-back weeks in a singles match. Yeah. Oh, and, and honestly, God. like, like even Dolph Ziggler should be in there before Bobby Roode. Yeah. You know? Like, I don't mind Braun so much. I get what you're saying about why have me to pin. I understand that. But I still think of the IC title, like, back in the day. It was always considered the number one contender, you know, for the, mm-hmm. for the, for the world title. So I don't have a big issue with that. But Bobby Roode, and let me tell you, I, you know I got a lot of respect for Bobby Roode. I used to, I used to work with Bobby Roode. But uh, he's not considered, I don't think, one of the top six guys on the SmackDown brand. And I think so, he's one of the best tag team wrestlers I've ever seen in my entire life, and there's right. not a damn thing wrong with that. Right. There's nothing right. wrong with that. Uh, we have Throwback27 sending another super chat. says, Cena in Boston will get a huge pop since he yeah. isn't far from home. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, he says the women's elimination chamber has Sasha advertised also. I haven't seen that advertisement. I'll have to go look at that. I think they they need to hope that she gets back. SmackDown needs Sasha Banks. They, yeah, they need Sasha Banks. They do. Yeah, I mean, I. Why are they even doing? A, are they going to do a women's elimination chamber? Because you've already got. Oh, I guess they're going to have to because Charlotte's going to be with Rhea Ripley. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. And you know what? It's funny because I submitted a thing to Camilo, and I might. I don't know how much he's got of it done, but we're doing another elimination chamber video in the vein of the Royal Rumble video. And my thing is, why isn't this used as a top contender match more often? Instead, you always go a month after somebody has to battle through 29 people to get a title match. Yeah. You would always have five other people getting a title match. And I'm like, man, that that seems like it downplays it. I love it as an idea of a top contender match. Because, yeah. And, and quite frankly, is the Elimination Chamber the last great new match idea that WWE has had? Because I can't think of one. I'd have to really think about it. I'd have to really think about it. And it's been like 18 years, 17 years, man. Yeah. Like before that, they were on a roll. Ladder match, TLC match, uh, Hell in a Cell. All four of those concepts debuted in WWE within like seven years of each other. I can't believe they haven't brought in war games yet. I guess they're going to leave that as an NXT concept. Well, and the thing is, the Elimination Chamber structure, if Vince wanted to do things his own way, that chamber structure is even better for war games than what they have. Because mm-hmm. you have people in pods that can be time-released and and then be there. I think, it's, I think that would be perfect, but I also think that that was Triple H's sort of concession to that. Because mm-hmm. this is a Triple H creation, truly. Mm-hmm. 
it was his idea, and I think that he wanted War Games, and that's the way that he got it. Yeah, because they didn't have the trademark at the time. Yeah. So, all right, I want to ask for your thoughts on this potential WWE matchup. Brock Lesnar against John Bones Jones, who lost to Dominic Reyes three rounds to two on Saturday night, but uh, one on the scorecards. It's okay. It wasn't controversial, but I thought he lost the fight. But uh, John Jones was interviewed by SI.com. He was asked about the possibility of working with WWE in the future, and his answer was, quote, I think it's inevitable. Yeah. John Jones is tailor-made. For anybody that's not a fan of, pro, of uh, MMA, John Jones is tailor-made for WWE. Guy's tailor-made. He is a great talker. He's a good-looking dude. He's undefeated in, in the cage. Uh, and controversy kind of follows him around a little bit, too. And he's got some confidence and, and cockiness to him. He's tailor-made. I would love to see Brock Lesnar and John Jones in uh, in WWE. And for that matter, John Jones, Cain Velasquez, if they're trained enough. You know what I mean? So I'd love to see it. I think that'd be great. John Jones has seemed like a natural progression for a long time. I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet, but probably his out-of-the-cage stuff prevented that. First time I saw him, Jimmy, well, second time I saw him, he was German suplexing Stefan Bonner and doing overhook suplexes and spinning back elbows. He's always been a flashy guy. Mm-hmm. He's a big dude, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, he's 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, he is, although there will be people that are like, oh, my gosh, he's skinny once they see him in the cage. His legs you, especially. In the ring. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember when Rampage Jackson did the raw spot and Virgil was, like, way bigger than him? No. when I don't know. I it don't was, remember it was that. when they were promoting the A-team. When they were doing that, and they had like uh, a bunch of the people from the A team on vaguely the show. Vaguely remember, vaguely remember. And Rampage was standing next to Virgil, and he was like small. Like that's going to be the case with. Well, I tell you what, he ain't smaller than Virgil now. Yeah. Not <laughs> yeah. He had to cut to two sixty five, Sean. Yeah. Rampage Jackson. But you will see that, but I think it, it would make a lot of sense. And people with those grappling backgrounds, specifically transition a lot of well they've they, they've done break falls they've done side falls they know how to land uh, i mean you, you learn how to fall and learn how to bump in grappling class and mma yep. class too so i think that would be great i think he would be fantastic and and he's a very intelligent very well-spoken guy yeah and so i think that he could be fantastic at cutting a promo so uh i think it would be great i'm i'm i have a lot of respect for john jones i think he lost on saturday uh, and matter of fact, I think he lost his last fight too, if I'm being frank, but, uh, I have a lot of respect for him. He's arguably the greatest of all time. And yeah. so I would love to see it. And, and he's still young. Like, what is he like mid thirties? Early thirties. Yeah. He's like 30, it's... 31, 32. There you go. There you go. John Jones would be fantastic. And, uh, I just hope that because, you know, the longer that he's a fighter, injuries are going to start to creep up and stuff. Yes. I hope that they're able to get to him while he's still kind of in his physical prime, as opposed to waiting another five years. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. So, all right, I want to I want to bid congratulations to Jordan Grace. So last summer, Jordan Grace sat in this very chair that I'm sitting in right now, uh, here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and she did an interview with the longer-haired Sean Ross Sapp. <laughs> this week on uh, on Impact, she won the Knockouts Championship, and so yeah. congratulations to Jordan Grace. She is a unique talent. You know, she's unique. Yeah. She's somebody I know that she's kind of uh, devoted to impact right now, but she's somebody that I think uh, AEW and WWE both will be after when she comes available. Oh, gosh, she should. But I mean, she's yeah. it's it's a while. It's a while. I think it's like three more. Uh, probably, gosh, probably two more years. Two now, more years. 
Do you remember what happened with that contract situation? Yeah, I remember they, yeah, it was just bullshit. I forget. They, they forgot or something. They forgot that she had it added some concessions and then they didn't send her the contract back. So she was working without a deal for a while. And then after she proved her work, she was like, hey, new deal and a raise or I'm leaving. Good for her. And Good she made her. money off of it. And yeah, I mean, she's going to be, she's got a unique look. She's got a unique style. She's very yep. very smart too i mean we we've done interviews before and like she's transcribed her own stuff and i mean she was a transcriptionist for a shoot job i mean she well spoken very good she's gonna be good for anybody to have uh yeah a lot of respect for jordan grace i would love to see her in wwe because wwe has such a stacked roster when it comes to the women's division and there's so yeah. many stars that she could wrestle. But in terms of what would be beneficial to her, I think AEW would be beneficial to her because AEW's women's division is trash. So I think yeah. that she'd be that she'd be a, an instant, probably number one or number two star if she went to AEW. Oh, yeah. same, same thing with Tessa Blanchard. She'd be number one yeah. or number two if she went to AEW. Rob Wilkins says, <laughs> Jimmy, for the LGN collectors uh, like yourself, are fake prototypes somewhat prevalent in the marketplace? Oh, yeah, they're getting there. There are some guys, I've talked about this before, there are guys that are very good at, you know the things that I've seen now, Sean? Guys are taking the head sculpt from Hasbro's and from Mattel figures. They are scanning them, they are printing them to scale for the LGN size, and they're selling copies of them. And wow. then And then customizers are using those heads to make LGN versions of the wrestler. Uh, and I've seen a lot of co a lot of pictures of, of them on uh, in some of the social media groups, and these guys are very talented artists. They look spot on. Mm -hmm. uh, and and like I said a few months ago, I actually talked to Ryder about this. I saw a haku on eBay, uh, and to the guy's credit, he was very honestly pitching it as a custom made haku yes. prototype. So he yeah. was asking, I think, like a couple hundred bucks for it or something. But if you looked at it, it looked like the real thing. And if he wasn't an honest guy, somebody out there might spend a couple grand on it. Yeah. You know? And so, I mean, I mean, you even see it in the video games now. Like, artists are so talented now that you you wouldn't even... you. These people are making more believable models on video games than 2K is making. Yeah. So it doesn't surprise me that, that in, a, in a market like this, people are, are doing that. Yeah, uh, Rob, Rob Wilkins says SRS. Why can I see Moxley's eye in your interview? That's a that's a rib on so many of the comments on our Moxley interview. Uh -huh. I I was shocked, Jimmy, at how many people were like, like you can see his eye, you can see his eye. That they they act like you gotta lose your eyeball to wear an eye patch. Yeah, I mean he he didn't lose the eyeball, so the eyeball is gonna be there. You know what I, I mean? mean? My God and. Source, my wife's legally blind in one eye. Like, you don't have to be missing an eyeball to wear a patch or wear something like that. Like, it's for protective reasons, too, when you injure it. Like, it's common. I Jesus. saw, I noticed on the New Japan show, you had the patch off. The patch came off. Well, I, I hope that that's the case yeah. moving forward now, too, so people can just shut the hell up yeah, about let it. Go. it I'm yeah. tired of hearing about it. I, I can't count how many people that were like, Oh my! He, what? He's a pirate now? I'm like, oh god! Yeah, the original. It was so funny. <laughs> the first three thousand times that I heard it. 
this might be the last story of the day. I'll mention real okay. quickly, uh, go to the list goes on uh, on FIFOSelect.com after this. We're going to talk some AEW news. We're going to talk about the Hardy Boys, Shayna Baszler, uh, WrestleMania 37. I got some stuff about New Japan. So we have a lot more stuff we're going to talk about, and the list goes on. I want to talk about this PJ Hawks thing. <laughs> okay. And so th- this is might be our last topic. So there's a promotion out of New Orleans. It's called Wildcat Sports and Entertainment. I'm very it's familiar a, with them. Okay. And last weekend, they had a show at a mall. Uh, and there's a video from one of the spots featuring this kid named PJ Hawks. This video went somewhat viral. I had a couple of guys Very in my viral. office, a couple of guys Very. in my office that don't follow pro wrestling. They uh, <laughs> they showed me this, so I guess in the end he kind of got what he wanted. I have the clip of it. This is from Wildcat Sports Twitter account. Camelo, put up that uh, spot that I sent you. Let's go, boy. You don't seem happy with this. I think the kid's a plug and an idiot. Oh, uh, he he did that. Now, I, I understand why he did it. He did it because he wanted to go viral, so I guess he accomplished what he wanted. He want, They're they looking for the views and all that. That's fine. Uh, that was a small show at a mall. That kid probably got 20 bucks to do uh, that. I bet you he didn't, and I'll tell you why. His dad runs the company. His dad is a 20-year wrestling veteran and a stuntman. Uh-huh. And, and... Jimmy, just for you, I had the foresight back in November at WrestleCade to yeah. interview both of them. Hot damn. Hot damn. Oh, is that the, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, no, the Pete other Hawk, one. PJ Hawks. Oh, so it's not the Prohibition guy. No, no, no. Oh, I, okay, this, okay, this okay. This interview months ago. It's been in the can, but I couldn't release it because our okay. YouTube was gone. Okay. Uh, but no, he's he's got an amateur wrestling background. He's a very smart dude. He's done some acting himself. You may recognize his dad because he got stabbed in the face by Wolverine in a movie. Oh, like, really? Really? Yeah, he's, he's a pretty successful actor. I had a lot of people saying he shouldn't be doing this two years into his career. His two years is a little bit misconstrued. He's been around the wrestling business his entire life. He wanted to do this. Like I said, his dad's a stuntman, I guarantee you. All this stuff was meticulously planned. I'm sure it was, but I still think it was stupid. I, I think I think that if you're going to do a stunt like that, you should at least try to try to get something like that done on a grand stage. Something like that's not going to do anything for that kid in terms of getting him into WWE or getting him into AEW. And I understand what you're saying about oh, it was meticulously planned. His dad's a stuntman. All he had to do, Sean, was slip. All he had to do was miss the mark. You're hitting the floor. You're hitting the ring post. What if the guys in the ring aren't ready to catch you? All of that for 150 fans at a mall in yeah. New Orleans. I thought right. he was stupid. And if I had been the promoter, I would have said, there is no chance in hell I'm going to let you take that kind of risk at a public place like a mall. You know the liability concerns in a place like that, Sean? I did a show at a mall sure. one time as a promoter, and one of my guys started lighting the ring on fire because he was like a hardcore guy. I had the fire marshal standing next to me going, what's he doing? What's he doing? And I was like... I- 
I didn't approve this. Like, let me try to get word to him. Doing stuff in a public place like that, if that had to gone wrong, I guarantee you, even though it went well, I bet you that the guy in charge of the mall or the lady in charge of the mall were not happy with it, probably. I don't know. It's a, I No, I do know, because I've dealt with that kind of stuff in public places like that before. It was stupid. Don't do shit like that to try to get yourself attention, because number one, it's not going to get you the proper attention, and number two, it could go wrong. Don't be stupid well, and do that in front of 150 you. fans. It did work for him. Seven million views on Twitter. That's that's great. And then go go ahead and send that to Hunter, all right? Send that to Hunter and say, hey, Hunter, you know what, man? I'm ready to go to NXT because my video got seven million views. Hunter's going to say, that's that's nice, kid. That's nice. Go back and do another show at the mall next month. That's not going to do shit for his career, Sean. So good for him. Enjoy man. your seven million views. You're a fucking moron. You're lucky it didn't go wrong. And you did it for a tiny crowd at a mall. Good for you. That's my opinion. Sure. Whatever. Leave a thumbs up, guys. Subscribe. Tap that bell for notifications. But as uh, we, we leave, OK Fabe said, sup, guys. Sending some love to Fightful for all the hard work you do. Keep it up. Thank you very much. Uh, make sure you guys check out his show as well. He, he produces a lot of content. But uh, we have the Wednesday Night War tonight. But the list goes on. FightfulSelect.com. Make sure you guys subscribe. We're out. Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcast, interviews, and... Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. News across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling.